the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast. I'm Julia and I'm the little potty plotter. And I'm Elaine and I'm the big potty plotter. And together we're known as the potty, potty plotters. plotters. Why are you shouting, Julia? Because apparently you're louder than me. <laughs> and I have to... I have to... What? Um, <laughs> what's that word? I don't know. What are you touching your chest for? Anyway, we'll just carry on, shall we? And we'll just talk about things that we're supposed to be talking about. I have about. to project. Oh, That's project. What yes, I like yeah. projection. So we're on social media and we're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And you'll find us at Potty Plotters. On our website at pottyplotters.uk. You can email us at naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. Now then, Julie, you might hear, or well, we can hear, but other people might hear a noise in the background. Yeah, that's course. We're in the community room and it's absolutely freezing outside, so we've had to put the Caligas on. Okay, so uh, that's what that noise is. Yes, but it's keeping us warm and it's keeping us alive, so that's good. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. So we're now on to episode three already. Can't believe it. But today we're going to be chatting with Jill, and Jill is a plot holder and she's looking quite frightened. I've had to reassure her that we're not going to ask her anything difficult, but it's really important that people hear everything that there is to hear about taking on a plot. Yes, and Jill was one of our starter plotters, wasn't she, when we first set them up many years ago now, about five years ago? It was. Jill, tell us all about it. Hello, ladies. Hello. So what made you take on a starter plot? I'd been on the waiting list for a while, I think over a year at least, and um, I was contacted and offered, asked if I would like to take part in an experiment. Ooh, that's very brave. <laughs> it was very brave. And would I be interested in taking a, a starter plot? And I was interested. Now, when we say a starter plot, how big was it? Do you remember? I've been to visit it today. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, it was tiny. Now it feels like it was tiny. But at the time, it was huge. Seven metres by three, I think it is. So, yeah, very tiny in comparison to your now big plot. Yeah. But you took it on. What did you learn while you were there? I learned that you have to listen was the first thing I learned. <laughs> because the very first thing I did was dug it over and then opened um, a packet of carrot seeds and sprinkled them onto the soil. And... And they didn't take. (laughs) (laughs) And how many seeds are in a packet, Jill? I think it's about 120. Oh, right. Okay. So 120 seeds and you got nothing. And I got got nothing. So um, I learned that I had to listen. So I joined the Growing Academy. At the time, they met every Saturday morning and a group of people all eager to to hear and learn hands-on experience with, uh, you know, being being taught by more experienced or by, by yourselves. And um, you could ask questions and, and just get stuck in, really. So, and it took you through on a, a stage by, this is what you do now, this is what you do now. So in the same kind of way that you might get that from a magazine or a podcast, but it was in the room, so you could ask questions freely. And, and that, that was the way to go. So I stopped, waited, listened, learned, and then applied. And having done it, what was your most successful thing, do you think? I know that I grew a ver- um, 38 varieties when I was on that starter plot. Wow. It is incredible what you can do when you put your mind to it. And um, because uh, as things were lifted out, I put new stuff in. Um, it, remarkable, really, when I think when I look at how small that plot is now. But I, I definitely did that 
that number because I'd got beetroot, onions, shallots, potatoes, um, a number of different sorts of beans, um, different sorts of peas. And so, you know, if I was growing one thing, that counted as a variety. But Jill, you're a really very busy lady. Why did you take it on? Why didn't you just go to the supermarket? I'd always dreamed of having an allotment. I'd tried it 10 years earlier, um, and at the time I'd got, well, I still have three children, but they, they were <laughs> a lot smaller, and, um, and they really weren't interested. I'd got, I, was, I grew up watching The Waltons and Little House on the Prairie, <laughs> and I wanted a bit of that. And um, I thought they would too, but they didn't really. And so it wasn't the right time, it was too... But I, I hung on to that dream and I'd walk past these allotments and look in and want it. Um, so when the opportunity came, I came along and had a go and there's all sorts of benefits from, from growing your own, doing it, doing it yourself. And it isn't necessarily about the produce, it's about the, the experience. What did you learn on the starter plots that you then took on and you transferred over to your, your main plot? I think, in truth, I begged for a bigger plot. I was desperate to move on because um, I just was so hungry for the challenge of it. So what did I learn? I learned that I had to carve out the, the time in my week because it, it isn't a hobby, it's a, a lifestyle. Um, so I had to, it was a, a big commitment I, because I had to factor in getting down to water, which isn't necessary, you know, you can't just plug in a split sprinkler. Um, so you have to factor all those things in. So that was the biggest thing about learning about the time commitment. So then you said what you wanted was a bigger plot and you got one and you're now on plot 86. I am. You reside there. Tell us all about it. Oh, I live 86. Um, it's you, when I saw that plot, I lived, I liked it because you could step into it, and that, and that is really how it is even now. You step into your little piece of heaven, and um, and when I got it, it was a wreck, and um, and it was just, it was, it was wonderful, just digging and digging and digging and digging, which is what what I did for the first, I don't know, six months maybe. Um, there was a, uh, I re <laughs> there was a heap at the end of the plot, which was just uh, perhaps it started out life as a compost heap. And I spent day after day after day filtering that with my bare hands to, 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 re to reveal the soil and all sorts of treasures within it. And it was just so satisfying. So I still love my plot. And every year, like this time of year, this is when you. This is when it's dormant, and you're looking ahead. And I've, I've been today, and the daffodils are starting to come up, and you know the onions are there, and it's you just know the spring is on its way. And friendships? Have you made any? I have. I've made friendships. You grow vegetables and friendships here, and um, I'm lucky and blessed with my neighbours. Um, everyone's friendly. People want to make friends down here, um, and people are very tolerant of each other, <laughs> fortunately. Tolerant of mistakes and our people are very generous and, and gift things. So as I stepped into the plot today, I, I noticed a, a little bay tree I've got, which somebody gave me when I the first week I moved in. And so you see that growing and you think, oh, they gave me that. <laughs> yeah. So what is it about allotmenting that you enjoy the most? And what, what would you say has been the hardest part of it? 
It's the peace and quiet, ironically, given that you two are here. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> Rude. Stop it now, cut it. Stop it. Find someone else. <laughs> but it is true, you get... Um, it's so peaceful down here. You, you, over the summer, I had to, um, like I say, you have to find the time. You have to jigsaw your life into pieces so that you find the pieces of time to get here. And I would come down early, about seven o'clock in the morning, and it was just a place of beauty. The, the, the bird song, and it was so quiet. And um, you just go into your own space. You don't think about anything other than digging. Um, that's all you think about, and that's the. That's the tranquility of it. It's the fact that you, you, your, head, your head empties of anything else yeah. and you just... You don't have any problem with that. No, no. <laughs> Never full. So, yes, it's the peace. It's the peace that it gives me, anyway. Any successes on the plot? Uh, well, I've got a lovely shed and I should must credit my husband for building it. I'm still hungry for success, so my aim is uh, to grow carrots still and cauliflower contact the potty plotters anytime on facebook twitter and instagram at potty plotters or email naughty corner at pottyplotters.uk so we finished talking to jill and she's made good her escape out of our community room and now we're going to talk about something completely different julia i can see that you're surrounded by different bits and pieces many of which has been already on the floor what have you got in front of you so elaine to this section we're going to talk there's no tool like an old tool or is there well, that's the question. Now, what I will tell you is that in front of me, I've got my mum's old knitting needles. Are you going to do some knitting while I'm talking? I'm that not makes very... a change. <laughs> <laughs> not very good at knitting. But what I can tell you is that when my mum passed away, and my auntie actually, I asked if I could have their knitting needles because they've got loads and loads of them. They're really both very good at knitting. Oh, and what are you going to do with them, Elaine? Right, well, I can tell you that these are fantastic as row markers. Now, you know I am obsessed with doing rows you do you do you've kind of hammered it into me really I have, but i just think it comes in really handy and later into the season when we're on the plots not on weather like today but definitely in the future all that i do is i tie a piece of string of which i've got in front of me so i shall just unravel this i've only got it for a demo but i'm going to tie a knot round one piece of the rope or string round a knitting needle and then what you do is you carry it round right the way to the next knitting needle put either one in either end and that will form your row and what I do is I plant along the row and that way when seeds germinate such as carrots I know that they are carrots rather than weeds. Oh, that's a good money-saving tip there, Elaine, because I see them often in charity shops and they're in bundles of about 50p and that's a lot cheaper than buying them from the garden centre. And they never rot. No. Never no. rot. They don't bend. They're absolutely brilliant. So not only would I say about using knitting needles, but I do it with cutlery as well. Not that that's out of the kitchen drawer, <laughs> but I have got lots of knives and forks that I use as markers too. So again, they don't actually rot so put one in one side one in the other brilliant brilliant idea so elaine 
other things that we're, we're going to talk about, uh, tools that you might need on the plot when you're starting out. So what would you say are essentials? What would you go out and buy? And what would you say to people, just leave it for later on? What would you use? I'd certainly buy myself a spade, a hoe and a rake. And the reason that I would buy those is because I'm a lot taller than you and I would buy them specific for my height. Yeah, at the allotment site, um, we get a lot of people giving old tools, which are great, aren't they? Some of them are really, really nice and, and obviously have been looked after. But when you're doing your allotment in, you actually need something to suit your size and the weight of it. So, for example, your spade that you use, there's no way I could even lift it. Whereas my spade that I've gone and bought, which is a very small person spade, which you can buy, uh, is like a spoon to you, really. You, you know, you'd have your breakfast off it, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes! argue with that it's the same with the rake the handle on my rake is so long it would probably cause you a mischief <laughs> if you actually tried to lift it so yes everything has its size and it's important to get the right size yeah. and, and the hoe that you mentioned is really useful because as we know the most important job on the allotment once you've turned it over is to keep on top of the weeds and the best way to do that is ho 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 so you need a really sharp, very suited to your size, again, hoe. And I would definitely go out and buy myself one of those rather than necessarily have a second-hand one. It really is, if that's where your money's going, that's what I would spend it on. Yeah, definitely. And I've actually brought an old shaft in. Have you really? I wondered what you were doing with that. What have you been up to with this? Right then, well, oh. what... <laughs> yeah. Did it snap or something? Was yeah. it? I gave it my full throttle and it went before me and I landed on the floor. Right then, so this is just the handle of a spade. And what happened was I really did give it some and it snapped and it snapped from the uh, bit that goes into the ground. That's the best way to describe it away from the handle. Now, then, most people would have thrown this away, but I will never throw it away because all I'm going to do is I'm going to make a point on the end yep. and then I'll use it as a dibber. And that comes in really handy. I'm pointing this at you. <laughs> is that When we start later in the next month, actually, when we start to put potatoes in the ground, it's fantastic to make holes with. Yes. And the other thing you could do with that, just thinking about it, is you could put mark markers up there, couldn't you? Marking out inches or centimetres to show the depth that you're planting into. So yeah. that's a really good example of something that's old and now broken. Um, and, and that does happen. Sounds a bit like my husband, old and broken. <laughs> what can we do with him, I wonder? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> but, but that does tend to happen on the old tools because they get woodworm as well, don't they? Yeah, so, uh, yeah especially if you don't use them, Julia. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that's all. And talking about, it's not an old tool. It was a new tool and it's a beautiful tool. And I'd got some lovely secateurs that I had and then I lent them to a friend on the allotment who um, borrows quite a few of my tools but then forgets where he's put them, leaves them out in the rain and they go all rusty. So I found this genius way of cleaning them up and all I've done, I've got a jar full of uh, white vinegar and I've just left them soaking in the white vinegar overnight and I've just got a scrunched up piece of tinfoil here and I'm just going to now give them a scrub and that will get all the 
all of the uh, rust off them. Look, they're coming up beautifully, Elaine. Well, I can't believe that I'm seeing that myself, actually. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. Some things are worth rescuing, other things you know not worth the bother so but although, that is one way of getting rid of and rust. you've put your secateurs in that and the rust has physically come off yeah. and it's made um like a sediment at the bottom just in a jam jar yeah. so could i put something else in yes. that now yes so okay. let's i mean there's lots of rusty secateurs around but yeah. they're still very usable so i've cleaned them up I've, I've given them a rub down to get all the rust off. I'm going to then quickly give it a, a wash in some soapy water, get the white vinegar off it, and uh, then they're good to go again, and I shall hide them. Well, I think that's about it for today. So I don't know about you, Julia. My water bottle that I've got down my jumper has gone cold. Is yours? <laughs> yeah, that mine fell out. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do now then is we'll leave it until next time so thanks again for listening if you want to know more about us find out more about us on that social media malarkey yeah it's um instagram facebook and twitter at potty plotters or the website pottyplotters.uk or email us at naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. And if you can find a subscribe button, because we've been told people that can't find them, because it's actually called a follow button on some of these... See, um, they're not pod- even spelled no. the same, are they, no, Julia? No, but uh, find a young person to help you anyway. That's it's what easy. Say. I'm going off for a chocolate. Are you coming? The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media production. 